0: I'm going to share with you from uh, John today, uh, chapter 1, and I, I really want to talk to you about two things. I want to talk to you about the fact that God is the Word, which is going to become real clear real quick as we start reading the Scripture, and that also Jesus is the Word, but He's also, He is everything that the Scriptures are talking about is about the Word. So the Word that's written is about the Word Jesus Himself. And this is incredibly important for us. Because we get to have this subjective relationship with an objective God. However, it keeps us from making our relationship with God completely subjective. Because we have the scriptures. Because how many of you guys noticed that God is invisible? Yeah, he's invisible. So there are some unique challenges to being God. And having people be invited to be in a relationship with you that isn't coercive. And isn't threatening. Because God is not coercive and he's not threatening. But he also is the creator of all things. And so if he shows up, just boom, Father shows up in all of his glory. It says that his eyes flame like fire, his hair is white like snow, his voice is like the sound of many waters, and his breath can blow over the forest filled with great cedars. That's wonderful and I'm really glad that the creator, he also measures out the universe in the span of his hands. How many of you guys think that sounds like a pretty powerful being? And he suddenly just shows up in front of you. Hello. At that point, we no longer have a choice to choose him really. All you have at that point is survival. Like you are God and I am not. I like being alive. Uh, I choose you, just by the sheer force of what he is. You think about the earth right now and the magma in the center of the earth, right, is burning hot. But if you get, and, 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 the, and the earth, everything thrives here, this beautiful creation God gave us thrives here because of the way that he set it up. But if you and I were to go to the center of the earth, which is by no means God, but is extraordinarily life-giving for us, isn't it? We're the perfect temperature. We're we're rotating on the axis of the earth at the perfect speed. All these things are good and right. But if we were to go and be the presence of that, just something as, as rudimentary as magma, we would die in that presence because the heat is too great. We would be purified beyond our ability to be alive. And God is so much greater than even that. So to see him as he is, is actually to die at this point. Because this body just can't handle that. We have to get a new body. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because God actually desires that we would choose him without being threatened by him and without being coerced. So basically, is the opposite of most people you've ever met. We will easily result to threatening and coercing each other, won't we? <laughs> Governments are amazing at falling into threatening and coercing. One or the other. First we'll coerce, but if that doesn't work, we'll threaten. Aren't you glad that God is better than the governments of man? So he has a challenge, though, because the desire is that we would choose him without being threatened or coerced because he is good, and he desires that we would love him freely for who he is, not out of fear of him or any other motive, but to actually love him back. And so as an invisible God, there are some challenges with that. And one of those is you and I can't see him. We can't see him. He is in us. He is for us. When we choose him, we can invite him to be in us. But even then, we don't actually see him with our physical eyes. And how many of you guys know that it's pretty easy to make God into our own image when we're the only ones that we see. How many of you guys have ever talked to somebody that has told you like, but God told me that if I would buy these lottery tickets, he was going to bless me so that I could then bless the kingdom. And you're like, I don't think God told you that. No, I know that he told me that. I I don't know, buddy. He's told a lot of people who are in Gamblers Anonymous the same thing. And doesn't sound like a very cool God. But how do, we, how do we not land in that place? How do we not make God in our own image? How do we, how do we keep from making an invisible God look a whole lot more like us than he, uh, than, he is, than he actually is? Amen? How do we do that? Well, how do we do that is, <laughs> how do we do that is? <laughs> Why don't you guys just start praying for me, and when you feel like I'm ready, let me know. <laughs> how we do that. There we go. Somebody prayed, thank you. How we do that is we have the scriptures that speak of God. And we go to the scriptures because it gives us an objective picture of who God is, what he said he would do, and what he has done. The scriptures fulfill the character of God. It spoke of who he would be, how he would come, what he, re- what he requires of us. And we all read the same scriptures which are given to us by God. And that helps us to be able to have something objective other than the invisible God so that we can help one another to be in a relationship with the real God even though he's invisible. Otherwise, everything would honestly just be open to the interpretation of our own subjective experiences with him. And although he's objective, how many of you guys have ever misunderstood your mom? Like, you heard what they said, but somehow you didn't actually do what they said, right? They're like, that's not what I said. You're like, I was there, and that is exactly what you said. Well, that's not what I said. I heard what you said. Well, you interpreted it very differently than what I meant. Anybody had that experience? Okay, well, how many of you think we might be able to do that with an invisible God? If you can do that with your visible mama, do you think maybe it's possible you could do that with an invisible God? And for a lot of us, by the way, God gives us a lot more latitude than our mamas do. (laughs) My mom's not here. She was in first service, so I'm feeling pretty brave. (laughs) Let's go to the scripture. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. He's really laying it down here. <laughs> Everything you see, he did that. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Did you catch this? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What we're talking about with the scriptures, these things that we're reading, and this is, this is the wild, supernatural God stuff. This is the God stuff that God was the Word, and He was with God. And when we read through the Scriptures, we're actually reading something that has been inspired by God. And it speaks of God. And in fact, the Word, which is fulfilled in Jesus, is God. And we're reading about God in the Scriptures, which is also the Word. It's a little bit of a mystery, isn't it? Does that kind of mess with your mind just a little bit? If it wasn't true, this would be crazy, wouldn't it? And that's okay to go, yeah, this is God stuff, isn't it? Because it doesn't stand to human reason. But think of the beauty of what he's doing. He's an invisible God seeking to have a relationship with the ones that he's created without coercing them or threatening them. And this is how he has done this, is he sent a testimony of what he would do written in the scriptures and then fulfilled it as the person of God in Jesus Christ. So we have two witnesses as to what God is like And we have the ability to agree in Christ because he's given us the word in scripture and the word who is Jesus. Everything that was made was made by him, the word. I love that it says that darkness, it says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God. I love that. Not from the will of man, not from the will of the flesh but the will of God. We are given the right to become sons and daughters of God. We're not forced to become sons and daughters of God but we're given the right through the word. We're given that ability and it says not by our own will. I mean, we've wanted it. We're here because we're choosing, we chose it or we're seeking to choose it. Some of us are on a journey towards, man, I I hope this is real. It seems too good to be true. God's the one person, I want to encourage you, that is the one person that seems too good to be true who is true. In every other scenario, you're right. It's too good to be true. In this one, this is the one actual one and he proves it through Jesus Christ, which we're talking about right now. God's will is for us to become children of God. You guys know that in John 3.16 it says, God so loves the world that he gave his only son, that none should perish, but that we could all have everlasting life. He loves the world so much that he gave Jesus so that none should perish. So we get to choose that. We get to choose God. We get to choose his will. And he gives us the right to become sons and daughters if we believe the word, which is Christ. The word become flesh. That's, that's been given to us. He goes on. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. He was speaking of Christ who would come. He was saying he's higher than I am because he showed up. John, being an amazing prophet, speaking of the glory of God coming, he was saying, prepare yourself, Jesus is coming in, in those days. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Now, this is the interesting part about, well, it's all interesting, but this is an interesting aspect of this that when we look to Christ, who is the Word, he's the only one that makes the Father known. The Father's never been seen. When we were to, if we were to see God in these, in this, in this first body, then we would just, we would just, I don't know if we'd implode, explode, I don't know, burst into flames, I don't know. We would just, it would wreck us. We would die. This body can't handle the fullness of God. So we learn about God through Christ, who is the Word made flesh, and we learn about Christ through the Word, which is the Scriptures. This is hugely important. This is hugely important because Jesus fulfills all of these scriptures and all of these scriptures speak of Jesus. Now we need to learn about who he is and we need to walk with him in order to fulfill the scriptures that speak about him. So this is a process that we're in. This is how we're learning to be with Christ as he actually is and not as we would make him. We all have a tendency, don't we? to try to make Jesus like we want him to be. Is that true? Have you guys ever found yourselves wanting to essentially cast God in your own image? I mean, he's invisible. So, I mean, I can look in the mirror and see me and I feel like I'm a pretty good guy. So I'm like, well, this is how I would do it. That's probably how God would do it. And without the scriptures, it would just be my opinion versus your opinion. But with the scriptures, we have an objective way to come and say, okay, Lord, the word speaks of you. And if this scripture contradicts what it is that I think, we're going to go with the scripture, not with what I think. Are you guys with me? And if, if my subjective perspective over something that I think that you said contradicts the scripture, we're going to go with the scripture because you won't contradict yourself. Because in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And God is not subject to change. He doesn't change his mind. Thank God, right? It says, you're the father of lights with you. There is no shadow of turning. You don't change. You're the same. He's always good. He doesn't give up and change his mind and do something different. We can count on him. So this means that Jesus won't say something to us that contradicts what's been written about him and what he requires in the scriptures. So the word testifies about the word. Are you guys with me? This is such an important thing for us, I think. It's always been an important thing, but we live in a, in a challenging time right now because some of the tenets of the spirit of this world are, have, have, have essentially, they, well, they, not essentially, they claim that truth is completely subjective. The ethic of this world is situational ethics. The only absolute truth is that there is no absolute truth. I don't know if you noticed, but that's circular reasoning. Are you absolutely sure that there is no absolute truth but we rest on that that's the water that we swim in some of the some of the 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 common philosophical um, thoughts that we have number one is that you must live your own truth that sounds like it has some measure of wisdom to it like yeah that seems good like I need to live my truth well The problem with that is it's completely subjective because what if your truth isn't true? So that that goes against the reality of the kingdom, but that is a tenant of of this world we live in right now. Live your own truth. A second one is that you should never deny your own happiness for anyone. Right? You need to get out of that toxic situation. You are denying yourself your own happiness and you should never compromise your happiness for anyone. That's a, that's a tenet. It's a spirit of this age that, we, that you hear and you listen to and you go, gosh, that, that actually feels right. Now there's a measure. Here's the thing about any philosophy that you hear. There's going to be a measure of truth in, in it. it. It is true that you need to live truth. The the problem with the tenant that you need to live your truth is that your truth is completely subjective, and unless it aligns with uh, with objective truth, you're going to run into a problem because it's completely open. I don't have to go on; that's self-explanatory. You're going to run into a problem unless what you believe is true. That's going to be an issue. If your truth is that you can fly, you will only get to live that truth one or two times, based on from how high you jump. If your happiness isn't in line with truth, like you shouldn't compromise your happiness for anyone. In the right context, that that could be true. But as an open, all-encompassing lifestyle choice, it runs counter to the kingdom because Jesus said, unless you deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of me. He says, unless you lose your life for my sake, you will never find it. He actually comes in and immediately calls us to completely abandon our own concept of what happiness should be so that we can embrace his his context, his joy, which goes far beyond momentary happiness. And he, he, he offers us everlasting life, but he warns us that that will come with some pain. The world tells you you shouldn't have pain. Jesus tells you, you will have pain, but it will have a purpose. And afterwards, you will be rewarded in this life and in the next. And he will give us forever life with no pain. He says, there will be pain in this life, but there will not be pain in forever. And you will have forever with me. This is the claim that the word makes to us. And this is absolutely contrary to the philosophy and spirit of this world. They're, they're not compatible. And so this is key. This is key for us because right now we are seeking to know how to navigate this life, this 80-something years that most of us get. We're seeking to navigate it and, and, and to do it in a way that's wise, in a way that's proper, in a way that's beneficial. And the Word, Jesus, He is the perfect person to tell us about that. I want to go to John chapter 5, 37 uh, through 47 right now. He's speaking to the Jews at that time in this place, and they're rejecting that Jesus is who he says that he is. And so I'm going to take up the story from there because they're saying, listen, you're not doing it the way we think you should do it. Like, yes, you're doing these miracles, but you're doing it weird, and so you can't possibly be the word. You must be somebody else. You must be a a phony. So he says to them, the father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you've never heard. His form you've never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they, speaking of the scriptures, that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Did you catch that? He's saying, you think the scriptures themselves are what will give you eternal life. I'm telling you the scriptures tell you about me and I will give you eternal life. They don't contradict me, but you can't find me. You you can't have me without having me. You can't just read about me, but then not receive me. You've got to receive me. And in fact, you don't actually believe what you're reading because if you did, I'm right here. You see the book? It's talking about me. You notice how much they look the same because they are the same. So you can't say you believe this unless you come to the conclusion that I, the word, am actually the word. This is what, you guys got it. You got it. Let's keep going. I do not receive glory from people, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I've come in my Father's name and you do not receive me. If if another (coughs) comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? This is, this is really key. I'm going to read this part again, um, and I want to just look at it from, the, from our context right now in our day and age. Um, so I'm just going to say it again. He says, But I know that you don't have the blood of God within you. I've come in my Father's name, and you don't receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from only God? He's calling them out and he's saying, listen, you are actually seeking to receive glory from people in this age based on the things that are accepted in this age. You guys are excited about your position You're excited about your philosophies. You're excited about your application. You like how things are working. You like the current system. And you guys are all high-fiving each other. You're receiving glory from each other. Hey, good job agreeing with what you and I both believe. High-five, buddy. Isn't that great? Good job, us. And he says, here's the problem. You're not seeking to receive glory from God. How could you possibly believe in God, if you're not actually seeking the glory that only He can give. In other words, you have a conflict of interest. You don't believe because you're actually seeking glory from the wrong place. Now, as we're... I want to apply that to our moment because there's really nothing new under the sun, but just to bring a finer point to it, think about the pressure that we live in in this day and age to conform to certain philosophies, to certain things that are said, to certain, certain beliefs. And, and essentially, it's like, hey, what do you think about this? And there's a, there's a pressure to have the right answer. There's a pressure to say the thing that causes the people around you to go, yeah, yeah, you're with us. Good job, you. Good job, yeah, we believe that. Good job. High five, everybody. We've got the glory from each other. We're all at peace and we all agree and you're not one of them. But Jesus is calling him out and he's saying, listen, you need to be careful that you're not seeking the glory of this world and missing out on the glory of God. You won't believe if that is the desire of your heart. You're actually choosing You've already made up your mind on what you're going to believe based on the terms that you desire. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? You desire that everyone would be at peace with you. You desire that people would look at you and go, you're a cool guy. I, get it. I, I like how you roll. I'm good with you. And if that's your highest desire, you will not believe the Father. Because you haven't decided that your greatest desire is that God himself would say, High five, buddy. You believe in Jesus Christ, my son, and he'll teach you everything you need to know. And there are spaces and places in our life right now I'd like to, I would like to suggest, and I, and I would like you to, to, to do some soul searching this week with God's help, with the scriptures, and with Jesus himself, the word and the word. And, 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 and pray for me to finish this sentence. I want, to, I want to ask you to go to before the Lord and say, God, are there areas where I am perplexed about certain seemingly complex situations, and they may be complex, but it's like I've been grappling with this issue, I've been grappling with that issue, that relationship, whatever it is, and I can't seem to come to a conclusion, I can't seem to come to like what is the next step, what do I do with this, what do I believe about this? And I would let these words from Jesus speak to us where he says, how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and don't seek the glory that can only come from the Father? In other words, you might be having a hard time knowing what to believe about that situation because you're still trying to hold on to being at peace with the spirit of the world in an area that's diametrically opposed to the desires of of God. And you're trying to straddle those two things and make sense of it. And it becomes much more clear when you and I have made up our mind to say, Lord, you are the word. You have been with the Father and you also have given us the word. Show me what to do. Because whatever it is that you say, I've already decided that's what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to take into account that everybody has to agree with me before I'm going to do it. I'm not going to seek the glory of people liking everything that I believe. I'm going to seek your glory. And when you make your mind up about that, it actually becomes easier to believe the things that God himself is asking us to do. I remember a line in, um, in uh, Remember the Titans. A, I love that movie. And, um, and it's when the, 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 the captain is speaking with one of his fellow players. And you guys know the story of Remember the Titans. It's the historical, it's a historical telling of when they had an all-white team and an all-black team play together for the first time. It was the Titans. And they went and they won every game. So it's an incredible uh, awesome story of race, racial reconciliation and integration. But in the beginning, as they're there in the in, at camp, then as they're playing, the black player and the white player are arguing with each other, and he says to him, he he says to him at one point uh, to the white player, he says, "I'm not seeing it the way you're seeing it. I'm not seeing this racist the way you're seeing it." He says, "You don't see it because you don't want to see it. You don't see it because you don't want to see it." And I believe that there's things in this life where when we haven't made the decision that He is the Word and He's given us the Word and whatever He is and whatever He says, that is what we will do. I will seek His glory above every other thing. Then there are things where we'll say, I'm really confused about this. I'm not really sure what to do yet. Now sometimes there are moments of confusion. I'll give you that. Sometimes there are. But even in those, He will eventually bring you to a conclusion. He will bring light But there are also times when you and I don't see it because we don't want to see it. We don't see it because we don't want to see it. We're we're confused because we don't want to have clarity because we haven't decided yet that we will live for his glory and not for our own and not for the acceptance, the short-term acceptance of other people. Can you receive that? And this is what's so beautiful about him being the word. He is giving us the opportunity to know him personally and the opportunity to learn about him here without becoming confused and without it becoming subjective to us in the name of Jesus living our own truth. That we can come to the scriptures and we can let Jesus through the scriptures teach us how we should live, and we can also ask Jesus to teach us how to read these scriptures. they speak about him and he uses them to teach us about him it's it's this incre- it's a supernatural part of what we do here in the kingdom but it keeps us from becoming deceived and I just want to encourage many of us I, I know for me I was praying um, as I was in this last few weeks actually's been Really challenging time for me. I've, I've personally just been having such a sense of having to contend for my joy. I don't know if anybody else knows what I'm talking about. But I have. I had to contend for my joy. And, um, and getting into the scriptures, I, I read the scriptures every day. And, uh, but I got to tell you, it has been more about healthy habits than it has been about like, relational joy being in the scriptures. I've just been more kind of like, well, I know I need them. You know, it's kind of like, a. haven't been taking many baths lately. They've all been real quick showers, right? If we're washing with the water of the word, it's all been real quick showers, not a lot of leisurely baths where I'm just having my best life now. The bath takers are like, yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. The rest of you take showers and you're like, that's gross. I don't take baths. I shower. And as I've been in this place I've I've just been talking to God about that. God, I'm asking you, I'm asking you, the word, to help me. Would you help me to understand and to have a healthy, joyful relationship with you in this word again? Because this has been a, a, a less fun season. Are you guys... You guys are all like your job is to like talk to us about this and you don't even like it right now i like it i'm just saying it's been challenging and 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 he has been answering that why because he is the word he is the lord he's told us i want you to ask me i want you to ask me for what you need the prayer we just prayed the lord's prayer our father in heaven holy is your name your kingdom come Your will be done on earth today and give me today my daily bread. Give me today what I need. Give me the grace today so that I can walk through this day. Let me know you today. Help me, God, to seek your glory over my own glory. I like being liked by everybody. It's tempting to just go along to get along. It's tempting to not know about hard issues that I don't really want to dig into and figure out what the, what's required of me at the end of them. You know, it's just like, you know, eh, eh, well, probably that'll probably work out. Sometimes I'm just being lazy. I just don't know because I don't want to know. But when I return to him, when I allow myself to say, you are the word, show me in the word what to do. And, and as I'm reading this, let me be with the real person of Jesus because by the way, guys, it's not all scripture without him. We just saw him share with the Pharisees where they said, well, you're not the right guy. He goes, I'm the guy. These are all about me and I'm literally here and you don't believe me. And so we, we can have that too. We're like, oh no, I just, I'm just i just gonna come get my answer. Boop. And, and we're missing being with him. We get both. We get both. Jesus, teach me how to read this and as I read this, oh, let me be with you, Jesus. And so I've been praying that. God, restore me. Show me how to live right now show me what you want me to be thinking about right now he is the word are you guys are you guys receiving this James 1 verse 21 says therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that's so prevalent and humbly accept the word Planted in you, which can save you. Just thinking about Jesus, he says to us, You know, I stand at the door and knock, and if you want, you can open up the door to me and my Father, and I will come in and we will live with you. We will be with you. Jesus, when we're saved, he said, I will be with you always, and I will teach you all things, and I will never leave you. Jesus said, My peace I will give to you, not peace like the world gives but I will give you my peace, and I will be with you always. How many of us need that? How many of us need that? And, and so today, I, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to present the word as it is to you, that he is the word, and he has given us these scriptures, and we need both. We need both. So if you've been in a place where you've been, where you've been neglecting him as the word of scripture... Return and ask him to help you with that. God, give me a healthy appetite to be with you in the scriptures. Open them up to me. Teach me. Help me to meet with you in that way again. I've become very subjective in my relationship with you. And, and, and if you've been super excellent, awesome, good job, you've got the good habits and you're getting in these scriptures, but man, you don't remember the last time you actually enjoyed being in the presence of the word himself, Jesus. Now's a great time to go, oh God, show me, who, show me who you are as you are, not as I would have you. Like, if, like show me yourself, because I would receive you. I would know you as you are, God. It, it, I, I, I want to receive you as you are. I'm willing for that. I'm willing, if there's any areas where I got you in a weird spot, show me who you are. Because that's a prayer he loves to answer. His whole desire, as we know, is that none would perish, but all would have everlasting life. And everlasting life is this, to believe Jesus. And he's the one that is with us. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Are you guys receiving this. He wants to be present with us. And how much time do we spend, honestly, just like running from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing, and the Word made flesh, God Himself desires to be present with us. But somewhere along the line, we're having a hard time being present with ourselves, much less Him. And that might be a good prayer for us today, is just let me be with you as you are. Let me be with you as you are. So whether it's a renewal for God, the word of scriptures, or God himself, the word, let us ask that he would begin to show us and walk with us and refresh us today. Amen? I'm just going to pray for you, and if you guys need some prayer today. um, Oh, I forgot. We're going to take communion together. Zion, would you grab me my little communion? Oh, man, here we go. Let's see what's going to happen here in the light. I looked right into the light. Man. Lord Jesus, as we're taking this bread, we thank you that you are the word made flesh, that you came down from heaven and you gave your body for us, Lord. This, wasn't, this isn't just some belief that we have, but that you are the God who came to save us. And we look around in this broken world and we take heart because you are at work in the midst of it. Lord, we don't despair because of evil. We see the evil and we turn to you and we're grateful because you're bringing good. You're redeeming things that are broken. You weep over the things that are broken and you, Jesus, gave your body so that everyone has a chance to turn to you and be forgiven. Thank you that you paid such a high price. You know what it's like to be human. And you gave your life for us. So we thank you. And we receive that gift. We believe in you. Let's take the bread. He took the cup and he blessed it. And he said, this cup represents my body and my, and my blood, which is poured out for you. And it's the new covenant. Forgiveness of sins. And forever life. Life. Eternal life, you will live forever because of what I'm giving you. And Jesus, today as we take this, we we ask that we would know you as you are. Let's take the cup. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and be gracious to you and give you shalom. If you guys need prayer, the prayer servant team and the elders are coming up now. We'd love to pray for you. Have an awesome week.